The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. God wants us to be uh, one in spirit together. That's why he said when we come together, we say the same things. That's not a mindless uh, dictaphone arrangement where we just say things because somebody else said it and we just go repeat it. But it does mean we come in a harmony of heart or a unity of spirit that causes us to say the same things because our unified direction allows us to do that. And that's a condition of the heart. But it's a condition of choice as well. Life gives us plenty of things we could worry about, but the Bible gives us answers for how to live above the cares of this life. God wants us to live completely free from worry and anxiety. In this series, Carefree Living, Pastor Ed King explains the dangers of worry and how to combat it. He also shares what the Bible says about replacing worrisome thoughts with the promises of God. It is very, very, very important to know what things you can control and what things you can't control and to separate the two. And the things you can control, control, and the things you can't control, trust God. To get this series as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Carefree living is the most responsible thing you can do for your own well-being. Cast your worries and cares on the Lord once and for all and start living a carefree life today. But he wants a cooperation. He wants a harmony of relationship. And he doesn't want to be disrespected. And he doesn't want to be dishonored. And he doesn't want to be made fun of. Well, those holy rollers. Uh, 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 uh. You hear stuff like that coming out of your mouth, you both better go get a checkup from the neck up. Because you're going you're gonna to offend somebody you don't want to offend. You better watch that. You better watch that kind of talk. Gentle. Don't speak against what you don't understand. Now, I'm not talking about being gullible. I'm talking about thoughtful people. If you need to understand more, ask God to help you understand that. Because there's a lot of things I say, I don't understand that. But God, I've seen God heal people I wouldn't have anything to do with. Now, what do you mean? Well, I wouldn't have thought God had healed them, but he does. You know, he just does. Well, well I'll tell you this right now. Uh, God wouldn't have anything to do with them. I know them. You just better watch that. He might have a whole lot to do with them. Because <laughs> your nasty self didn't deserve his grace any more than anybody else. <laughs> you, this is a grace proposition, guys. We didn't earn this, none of us. We just have to be gentle with the one who administers that grace. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. 
So he won't manifest where strife, disharmony, unforgiveness, where he's not welcome, where there's no hunger for him. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman, and if you don't want him, he will not manifest him. When the atmosphere is harsh, coarse, disrespectful, judgmental, dishonorable, he will not manifest. I could say that more, but you get the point. We find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says in or 30, um, Ephesians 4, well, well, let's go to verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Now, we talked about that sealing. He seals us, and he gives us the earnest. We saw that, and here it repeats that seal. But it says to grieve not the Holy Spirit. Everybody say grieve. grieve. Now, if you see it from the Amplified, it means to offend, vex, or sadden. Well, we can do that. If we're told not to do it, it's obviously something we can do. And so that general nature of the Holy Spirit, God doesn't want you to do things that vex him or grieve him. Now, he is the power of God. And it was the Holy Spirit in manifestation when Jesus did the healings too. Because it was the cooperation of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that caused those things to happen. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Tear ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So when you receive the Holy Spirit in his fullness, you receive the power of God in you. That's what happens. That's the anointing. That's what it is. And you're all anointed to do something. Say, I'm anointed to do something. Everybody is. Everybody, there's a plan that God has for every one of you, and the plan that he has for you, he's equipped you for it. There's an anointing on you to do that. You follow me? It's like when we prayed, you know, this morning. There's an anointing for that. I don't have that. Why? I'm not called to do it. But I'm anointed to do this. I'm okay with it. I don't want your gift. I mean, not that it wouldn't be attractive to me, but I, I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm happy with what God called me to do. Amen. And that's the only way you're going to get blessed by God. Get happy with you. Go home today and look in the mirror. Look at yourself right in the eye, eyeball to eyeball, and say, I'm happy with me. You need to tell yourself that. Because a lot of people don't love themselves. And the Bible says you can't even love your neighbor till you love yourself. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and my neighbor as myself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus said. If you don't learn to love you, you can't do the other. So that's not self-centeredness. That's just spiritual smartness. Say amen. amen. Say it again. Amen. <laughs> amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 19. Quench not the Spirit. Everybody say quench. quench. Now, you know what the word quench means? Uh, I spent a number of years, I was a firefighter, okay? Now I'm a different kind. 
Okay, I did that professionally. And I liked that. But there's one thing when you go into a burning building and you take with you the proper tools, you do that for the purpose of quenching the fire. You quench it or you extinguish it, you put it out. The Holy Spirit is typified. We talked about some of these typifications of the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says that, that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So there's a fire that comes in you. Talking about the prophets of old, it says, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't help but speak. So there's a fire of God that he puts in you. He said, I'll make, his, he said, I'll make my ministers a flame of fire. So there's a fire that God lights on the inside of us. It's an ignition. Amen? Be on fire or a glow. You know that organization, a glow? That's what it comes from. Be a glow with the Spirit. That's what it is. It's a fire. And so when the Bible says to quench not the Holy Spirit, he's talking about don't put the fire out. Don't extinguish it. Don't throw water on the flame. Don't do the things that put that light under a bushel. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's a, the example, again, if you just look it up in the, in the Greek text, this word quench means to extinguish like you would extinguish a fire. That's what it means. Uh, the Amplified, uh, it tells us to, to be not, it says to not only not quench the fire, it says to be unresponsive to the working. Can, can we put this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, can we put it up on, in the Amplified Classic? Do not quench, suppress, subdue the Holy Spirit. But it, it says do not quench or be unresponsive to the working or the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, we find in, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 29, you're learning a little bit? You being stirred a little bit? It says, How much more sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing? And so we were washed in the blood and washed in the blood of Christ, and we can't consider that an unholy thing. Now he's putting him in, in that category, right? Now he goes on to say, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. So here we have, in comparison to counting the blood of Jesus as nothing, here we have contributing things to the Holy Spirit that are despiteful, done despite. Now if you read that out of the New Living, it says, as if we were a common and unholy, and have insulted and, in, and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. So the mercy of God that comes to you is brought to you by the Holy Spirit. And when we consider it common, we consider it unholy, unsacred. See, the touch of God coming into you is not something to be treated with an irreverence. To be yielded to and paid attention to. You, you treat the leading of the Holy Spirit as a common thing. You, you're destined for problems. Yeah. 
I, I promise you, you are. Because he's not trying to lead you to, you know, make life hard on you. That's not his goal. He's trying to lead you so he can protect you and help you. And keep you from danger or relationships that maybe wouldn't be best. Or lots of things that are not good for you. And he's trying to restrain you many times. And you think it's just God being mean to you. And he's trying to keep you out of a mess. Amen. And so uh, the, the if you read it from, that was the Living Translation. And the Amplified Bible says it this way. He has insulted the spirit of grace and the, the one who imparts the unmerited favor and blessing of God. So we insult the Holy Spirit who brings to us God's blessing and favor. That's not wise. I mean, the favor of God is not just, you know, in salvation. The favor of God's in every area of life. And we insult the Holy Spirit. We see it in the Amplified Classic this way. He said, thus profaning and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. So we can insult. That's why I, I, I said this. You know, when, when, when cute little statements come up about these holy rollers or things of that nature, you know, I'm just trying to typify so you understand a little bit what people do. And they speak about things they don't know anything about. And I'm telling you, I've been in those settings I remember going into a place where I could not believe what I was seeing. Well, it wasn't they were wrong. It's just I was dumb. Now I'm worse than they are. But, <laughs> but it's just, I mean, when it's new, man, it's new, you know. And it's like, best thing you can do is say, I don't know if I understand it, but don't speak against what you don't know. Be smart enough to hold your peace. Till you find out. Now I'm not talking about just being gullible and open to everything, but I mean you need to be open to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes He's going to shock you with what He does. That's no joke. I mean, you know the whole thing about being new every morning? That's what I'm talking about. I mean there's things God does and that's new to me. I never saw anything like that in my life. Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the Power of the Word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at the Power of the Word, and we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with Him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry, and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I want to ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. Just go to powerofthewordcom partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text GIVE to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership. We had something happen to us lately. 
Now, now I'm going to say this. I'm not going. This, this is this is weird. This is this is weird. What I'm getting ready to tell you, and it happened to us, and I still, it's so weird. I have trouble now. I believe, so I'm a believer. But if I wasn't a believer, I wouldn't believe this. No joke. I wouldn't believe this. And it happened to us. It didn't happen to somebody else. It's not a story. That, if I heard, if you told me and I didn't know you, I wouldn't believe you. I think you're a liar. So that's why I'm reluctant to tell you. Because I know, yeah, you want me to tell you. That's what you want. <laughs> but but we we're reconciling the checkbook. You know, you have to do that. You know, make sure that all we found a whole bunch of money. We ain't sure how it got there. I'm telling you. It's like what? That didn't. Ha that is. That is not true. But it is true. And the bank verified it. It's like I have no earthly idea where, where this thing. Nobody knows. And I know God's a provider. But if I if somebody told me that, I'm not talking about twenty nine cents. I'm talking about a water dough, okay? I'm talk I'm serious. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, well, where in the world would that come? Nobody knows. But all I got to say is, but God, because I don't have another explanation for it. And if somebody told me that, it's like, you lying thing. You just making up a story. That, that, that stuff like that doesn't happen. Y'all just not been keeping your checkbook up. Honey, we might not keep it up for moment by moment. We wouldn't dare miss that. Not what I'm talking about here. I've heard of people going to the bank and suddenly finding out their mortgage was paid. And they're paying their mortgage and they're, and they're not getting correspondence back and forth with the bank. Call the bank. Say, well, we don't have any record of your mortgage. It's like, would you put that in writing? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Now, I mean, to me, I consider that to be a bona fide, outright, in your face miracle of God. I guarantee you that one. I have no other explanation for that. But it's all right. <laughs> you know, you talk about supernatural provision. Well, I'm going to tell you, child of God, and you listen to me. This is prophetic, this part. All this stuff that's going on in the economy today, you take no thought and you take no worry. God's got you right in the middle of his hand. And the God who did that is more than capable of doing for you whatever it is you need. So don't you fear. Don't you worry. Don't be anxious because he's got you in his hand. You can believe that. Amen. Now we find in Acts seven. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna hurry. Quit. Quit, quit telling me that. But I won't take long. I'm serious. But in Acts seven fifty one, it says, "You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart." Now that's a that's a pretty strong statement. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you. And so see, we can resist the Holy Spirit. We can resist the presence 
We can do things. We can grieve. We can quench. We can resist. And we don't need to. We need to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I mean verbally. Not just as a church, but individually. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. You are welcome here. It's one of the wisest things you could ever do. Because he has your good in mind. Amen. Matthew 12. Wherefore I say, verse 31, Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be given unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. Now see, the Holy Ghost is the one who administers God's mercy. That's why you can't speak against the Holy Spirit. You speak against the one who's bringing you the delivering word of God, the delivering anointing of God, and you offend him. That's why, and whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. You can see that. You offend the one that's bringing you the deliverance. Tell him, get out. I don't want you. I don't think so. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So this has eternal consequence if we're not careful with it. We're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now this is a powerful scripture. And I don't even like to talk about it because it's got such a negative connotation to it, but nonetheless worthy of reporting for the purpose of us putting up barriers that wouldn't let it happen to us. You understand? But in Isaiah 63, verse 8, and he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie, so as was their Savior. Well, this, this people of God they had a Savior. He said, They won't lie. Uh, they, they, they're my people. In their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. He's talking about God delivering his people again and again. In this case, it was Israel, but it, in New Testament, it would be us. And in his love and his pity, he redeemed them and bare them and carried them all the days old. So that would be us who are redeemed, would you not say? All right. But they rebelled. Hmm. And vexed his Holy Spirit. Ouch. And it seems God, the way God puts it here, God's even surprised that they'd do that. That's the way it was presented to us. Oh, they won't do that. And they did it. But now this next phrase is the kicker. Because they did that. Therefore he has turned to be their enemy. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the Almighty God, the Creator God, the Holy Spirit that brings you His grace and all that, you turn against Him and He becomes your enemy? You don't want that. <laughs> no, <laughs> a thousand times. That's why we have to be careful with these little words. Oh, huh. and he has turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. It's been said that a person who offends God, the earth opens up around them to swallow them up. That's, a st that's just a saying. But, but, but the earth will give way under your feet. When you walk in disharmony with God, you don't want that. You want God to be the one who upholds you. 
Amen. Amen. Now there's a place in the Bible where we talk about Ichabod. You don't want to be the first church of Ichabod. The word Ichabod means the glory has departed. You don't want that to be our or anybody's legacy. Now I'm about to close, fixing to begin to think about, maybe in a little while. <laughs> we might close. Second <laughs> Corinthians thirteen fourteen, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The communion of the Holy Ghost. Of course, he's talking about among us together, the communion of the Holy Ghost among us. But he's talking about the communion with the presence of God, which is what brings us into one. Amen. And so this impartation of that word, I believe that's the impartation that God wants to bring here today. The communion, of course, for us. But you personally, the communion of the Holy Spirit, you and Him, you and us, weans, usins. You know, Rocky Top, you can get by with anything. Amen. Now we see it out of the new living. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's what we're talking about, guys. We've certainly enjoyed you being a part of Power of the Word today. We've been talking to you about creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. That's a very deliberate choice. It's not accidental, it's on purpose. We do certain things to make life conducive to the welcoming of the Holy Spirit in our life. It can be from the music we listen to, to the voice tones we use with others, to how we spend time in prayer, or how we just go about daily routines. We need to have a presence of the Holy Spirit on our life all the time. There never needs to be a time that God's not welcome into what we do. And again, it's deliberate, it's on purpose. And I think it starts with just inviting His presence into what you do. Invite Him for the ride along. Now we know he's more than a co-pilot. Some say, you know, God's my co-pilot. You see the little bumper stickers and things. He's not the co-pilot, he's the pilot. <laughs> and uh, he's the leader and he's the guide. But anyway, it's harmony of heart and a walk with the Holy Spirit. You need Jesus in your life. That's where it all begins. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. You are not my God. I repent of my sin. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I know you meant it. It's short, it's direct, but it works if you mean it. Let us know here at Power of the Word what you've prayed. We want to pray with you. We want, we want to rejoice with you 
over your decision. We've enjoyed our time together this week. Thanks for being a part. We look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you soon.